Hello, everyone, and welcome to Between the Lines. I'm Sean and Bessie, and I am here with Tracy Hunter Abramson and Esther Hatch and Sarah M. Eden. And today we are going to be responding to a question that each of us has been asked many times. Are you ready? Where do your <laughs> ideas come from? So given the fact that the four of us have written in a cross-section of time periods, um, I think we can span from early medieval all the way to contemporary. I'm guessing that our ideas come from different places, but I'm also going to guess that um, they're going to be surprisingly the same. I think all of us would probably be willing to answer everywhere. Um, but for the case, for the sake of our listeners, we're going to try and be a little bit more specific. Um, because I write in multiple genres and eras, my ideas really do come from all over the place. But if I had to pick one, one thing, one source for my ideas, uh, for my books, I think I would have to pick family history because some of my books, like Within the Dark Hills and One Last Spring, are actually about things that my specific ancestors experienced. And then other books, like Heart of the Rebellion or The Call of the Sea, which comes out in November, are about historical things, events that my ancestors would have witnessed. Um, and so I love, I love approaching fictional stories with a family history perspective, because for me, it makes them so much more personal. And I, I feel like I can add a little bit more heart to my stories because of it. But I'd like to throw it out to you. Is there one place that has been the greatest source of book ideas for you? For me, it's from a family of a different kind, um, the intelligence community. <laughs> um, <laughs> like when I, was, cause when I was working there, I just, you know, knowing things that other people don't know and not being able to bring it home to the people you live with um, creates a, a different kind of bond, you know, a very, mm -hmm. very tight bond with people. And, um, but even after I've been out for so long, there's still like everyone, there's ways of people talking and you just kind of pick up on things like, I bet I can figure that what out, figure out what they are kind of meaning. And, um, and so that's just been a, a great source for me of where ideas come from, but it's also something that, I don't have to do a lot of research for, so which is awesome. So. We, we know how you feel about research, so this is a big plus. <laughs> yes, we all know. <laughs> She's just done research her whole life. That's so. right. She's That's just absorbing like it that. like a sponge. <laughs> yes. So for me, um, I just feel like I get my ideas mostly, especially at the beginning, I got it from other media sources. So like a story that I loved or a movie that I loved. Um, right before I started writing, I was really immersed in Korean dramas. And I know I'm guessing there's some listeners out here who are in the thick of that right now. I was, when I say very immersed, I mean like very immersed. <laughs> like it might have like been I a could, problem. <laughs> it might have been a problem. Yes, it might have been a problem. Those of you with that same issue, I'm not calling it a problem. I'm just saying <laughs> I was very immersed in it. And um I think the writers of those shows are absolutely brilliant. And so I would see some of the things they did, not necessarily as, as a specific plot, but as a device. So one of um, a proper scandal has a double meet cute. So instead of just meeting once, 
and then the story progresses. Uh, there was a Korean drama where they met once, but they never really got introduced. And then they had to meet again under like awkward circumstances. So two really awkward, funny meetings before they really got to know each other. And I just loved that they were able to do that. And so that was really the spark of the idea for me is how could I do that in Victorian times? Like how, what would be a situation where you would meet, but not really meet and then meet again. And it would be awkward because of the first meeting. And so that was really the spark of the idea for a proper scandal. So, yeah, that's great. I think it's no secret to anyone who has listened to this podcast or followed me at all online that I actually really love doing research. (laughs) It's one of my favorite things. I was a historical researcher long before I ever even thought about being a writer. And I would say a huge percentage of my story ideas come from studying historical documents, whether it's books written in a time period or newspaper clippings from an era or journal entries or letters. I read parliamentary notes for the fun of it. And I found interesting ideas there, you know, the the topics of the day, things that were being debated, laws that were being passed. So for me, I get so many of my ideas from studying history. That's great. Well, Sarah, I almost feel like you've answered my next question, but knowing you, I'm pretty sure you can give me another answer. So what... All of you, what is your most unusual or random source for a story idea so far? I, I know I know that you all have them. What do you think tops the heap? It was not historical documents for me. I'm just <laughs> putting it out there. So, I, I think probably my most unique one was actually my sister's stalker. Um, she had a stalker in high school and kind of into college. And I was on a tight deadline. And I'm like, um, my book that was sitting at the CI wasn't cleared yet. And I'm like, I have to write something else in case it doesn't come through. And so I, I went to, um, I was talking to her on the phone and she, she was reminding me of some of these things that happened to her. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's kind of creepy. And Sarah would have been so proud of me. I kind of outlined that book. Like I had sticky <laughs> notes that had like Aww. seven different ideas on them all at the same time. It was awesome. Yeah, that's so, so, but so anyway, proud. I know, she's <laughs> crying now, you can tell. But yeah, so that that idea just, it turned into the book Proximity and that's where it came from was just somebody else's awful experience and I just added a little, take advantage. <laughs> you know, I can beat up on my sister in a different way today. So yeah, <laughs> okay. that was awesome. So does she enjoy reading that one or is that she was close like, to home? You know, it was funny. She did okay with it. But my, my stepmom was like, did that really happen? And I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> they, like my, our parents were freaking out. <laughs> oh, that's They had scary. no idea yeah. that as it was. Yeah. Well, I don't know if this counts as a place that, I got an idea from, but um, I'm going to go with media again. And I thought, it, I just thought this was funny when my, I have young kids and we were watching the Lego movie. So I just think it's funny that it comes from anywhere. Really. Um, it really does. So in the Lego movie, there's this side character that really wants to build a spaceship and it's the most useful, yes. useless thing in the world. And every time they have a problem, he says, I could build a spaceship. <laughs> and everyone kind of rolls their eyes. And they're like, no, that's not going to help. That's, that's the only thing you can do. And it's not going to help. It's, it's useless. It's useless. And at the very end of the movie, and I'm going to tear up. And I think this is why I decided to like, I realized this is something that resonated is at the very end, he says, I could, I could, I could build a spaceship. And everyone goes, yes, that's exactly what we need. And so again, I'm going to go back to my book and how I use this, but in a proper charade. 
um, patience is a terrible, terrible maid. Like, and it, so it's a, it's a little bit of a stretch. It's not exactly a skill she has. It's, it's the opposite of a skill. <laughs> and I just thought, what if being a terrible maid somehow saves the day at the end of this book? And so, um, and again, it's just, it's funny to me that it came from the Lego movie. I think it's a brilliant I love it. Of, <laughs> of work. I, I think it's such a well-done movie. So still media, I guess, but I think in kind of a funny way. That's love awesome. Great. Trivia, the Lego movie is one of my favorite movies. (laughs) (laughs) Approval. Here, every year on my birthday, my children are required to sing Batman's song from the Lego movie to me for my birthday. So (laughs) I approve wholeheartedly. I think probably the most unusual place that um, I ever got a story idea from wasn't from a mishap in someone else's life, but a mishap in my own. On our very, very first trip to Ireland... Um, my husband and our kids, we were all traveling together. We had a rental car, which we insured to, you know, the absolute depths that we could because driving on the other side of the road in a country you're not familiar with. Very first day out, um, we followed the instructions on the online map that we had and ended up driving into a field in a farmer's <laughs> farm and got the car stuck. So I had to go track down the owners of this property. (laughs) We're new here and we're stuck in your field. And because they were Irish, the Irish sense of humor is my favorite. We got razzed like you wouldn't believe. They made fun of us in a way that actually really helped break the tension of the moment. But I ended up writing a novella years down the road where someone gets their cart stuck in a field <laughs> and the farmers have to come and dig them out and in so doing they meet the daughter of the family and it ends up being a romance that's what I write but I wrote that embarrassing and stressful situation into a book and it's kind of my favorite that's so that's great awesome. I the only thing I wish is that you had a video of it that's what <laughs> I wish <laughs> it was quite an experience <laughs> well I think I really have, my ideas really have come from all over the place and some of them have been unanticipated. And one of the things that was unanticipated, and this kind of harps back to my family history thing, um, I remember looking, this is going to date me, but I was looking through microfilm years and years and years ago and I got to the point where I could recognize the handwriting of the person, the census taker, for the area that I was looking at. So if I scrolled through and saw his handwriting, I knew that it was the right area. And Mm -hmm. I remember at the time thinking, it's so interesting that these people didn't, you know, you skip a few generations, we don't know each other, and we don't know we don't know what personalities are like and what their lives were like, but they were real people. They were real people. And when you are following the censuses and you see 10 years later and they're 10 years older and they've added a child or a child has got married, it just hit me so hard that these were real people, not just names on a, on a microfilm. And that was actually the idea behind a family is forever, which is um, a picture book that I wrote. Um, just the importance of remembering that even though the people that um, the people in our families we've never met are just a name, they're not, they're real people. So that was, that was one of mine. But I think that um, a lot of the things that we've talked about are fairly ordinary in the sense of we're not waking up with 
wonderful dreams with a book already written or writing on the wall or, or anything like that. But somehow when we find these ideas, we have to look at them maybe in a way that non-writers don't. <laughs> so what gives you a clue that a particular idea has the potential to become something great, has the potential to become a full story? I think I'm at the point where, because I've written a lot of books and a lot of stories, I know I've come across an idea that could be something kind of fun or special when it intimidates me a little, where I feel like I'm not sure how this story will play out, or I'm not sure I can really write this. I love that feeling because mm -hmm. it, I know I'm stretching myself as a writer. And when we do that, I think the story automatically becomes something bigger than it would be otherwise, because we have to become something bigger too, in order to get it on the page. So this is Sarah taking on a challenge. Yes, I apparently <laughs> have to challenge myself in order to not get bored. I don't know. I was gonna say, that's not my litmus test, because everybody <laughs> feels challenging still. I'm always like, you can do this. You can do this. You can write another you one. Can. <laughs> so, um, I think for me, when I, so I think for me, um, it's when I'm telling someone this idea and I can't help but smiling because I really love to have a book with some humor in it and just funny situations. So I recently had this happen where somebody asked what my next book was about and I'm telling it and I'm just kind of giggling in the back of my <laughs> mind about these terrible things I'm doing for these characters and or to these characters. And, and I think when I do that, I kind of nod my head and say, yeah, this is, this is going to work. This is going to work. Yeah. That's great. And I think I'm a bit like Esther on that too. It's like a lot of times it's the humor. I can see these little pieces, snippets of conversation that they'll have. I'm like, I, I've written entire books because of two lines of dialogue that I just had to get out. Like, well, like, mm -hmm. oh, this would work. Because um, I, it's mostly just seeing the, the potential of characters in my head and knowing that, you know, that they'll eventually tell me their story because. Sarah and I are opposite of each other when it comes to research <laughs> and not. We're also the opposite of each other when it comes to organizing and outlining and Plotting. not. Plotting. So, <laughs> plot is a four-letter word. I'm just putting that out. But, um, so is anyway. fail. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, eventually it will have, the, the characters will talk to me. But it's mostly it's like when I first started, it was which story... I couldn't get it out of my head. Like it had to get on paper and everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And by the way, I have to go back though to where Sean was talking about, you know, it just doesn't happen in a dream. I believe that Sarah and Sean and I ended up writing a cookbook because of a dream. <laughs> just saying. Well, and I, I don't know. It, it wasn't was my dream. dream. <laughs> <laughs> was it my nightmare? I don't know. <laughs> it's written. It's not a nightmare anymore. I was going to say, that's, is that still being decided? No. It's a nightmare or a dream? No, it's not. Whatever a it is, it's done. It's, it's done and it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And I think, I think for me, that's, that's part of it too, is that if I feel excitement over something, uh, then I then I know that it's a lead that I should follow. I love discovering something that very few people know about and spinning it into a story and bringing that to light. And so, um, so yeah, there's just so many different feelings that you can have as you're as you're going through this journey. Um, and I'm guessing that 
most of the story ideas that you're working on right now are top secret. That do any of you want to drop a few hints about what might appear in a future book? I'm not as good as others at keeping secrets, I suppose. <laughs> like, actually, the things I'm working on are not top secret. The the one is announced. Um, I'm working on the second book in my Victorian rom-com, which is called, um, I'd like to laugh when I, this is me smiling and laughing when I say the titles of these books, but um, it's The Earl's Hideaway, No Ladies Allowed. So um, I'm working on that one, which is, um, I talked a lot about how I get ideas from media. The interesting thing is, as I've grown as an author, as I get into deeper series, then the characters start taking over. So this is a character from the other book that I knew very little about, actually. I'm not like Sarah, who has who knows them back and forth to have one line. But I, what I did know about him is he had a big family and a lot of sisters. And so anyway, so that was the whole um, spark of idea for this one was, he's going to want to get away from those sisters. But then how funny would it be if another family of sisters show up? So that is what I'm working on now. And then um, and then I will be writing Nicholas's story in a prop, in my proper scandal series, and like once that one's totally done. And I'm really excited to get that one going. I've just been thinking about it so much lately. So that's what I'm working on. That's great. That's fabulous. Um, I have a story I will be writing down the road. I haven't actually started it yet, but it's been kind of running in the back of my head. And it's, a, and I'm, not, I'm very good at keeping secrets <laughs> to the point <laughs> yeah. that it probably bothers people. But it is, at least in my mind, a really fun twist on the runaway bride trope. And I'm super excited to write it. I don't know the entirety of all of the you know details of it, but I'm excited just because of the twist on it. It's going to be fun. So brace yourselves. I am going back in time to the 80s. I know historical and I don't get along, but my character Jim Whitmore is demanding that I write his romance when he met his, ultimately the person who becomes his wife. So, um, and I shouldn't have to tell anyone that 80s is 1980s, right? Like, I know you guys, 80s is not that, but that's what it is for me. So, But we know you, so we realize it's the 1980s. That's right. Just making sure. And I'm pretty sure that if we could hear right now, there are so many excited fans squealing over yes. all of these ideas. Tracy's um, fandom are losing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, I, I'm going to be working on another Georgian gentleman um, and maybe another Viking adventure. I Ooh. promised myself oh. I wouldn't, but I have so many people <laughs> asking me to. We've seen the signs. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's bad. But now I'm going to turn the tables and ask our listeners to give us some hints for stories, story ideas. Do you have something that you'd like us to consider? Maybe if you suggest it, we might be able to persuade Tracy to go further back than the 1980s. We can't guarantee <laughs> it, but enough pressure, you know. So we would love to hear from you. Leave us a message on Facebook or Instagram, and um, we'd love to hear your ideas. And join us again for another episode of Between the Lines. Mm-hmm.